0: This week on The Magnificently Huge Podcast, what is cinema anyway? Welcome to The Magnificently Huge Podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one Magnificently Huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kind of like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crab all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder, one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge. Welcome once again to the Magnificently Huge podcast. My name is Brian, and this week my friends Chris and Eric will join me for a conversation about uh, some recent comments that were made by director Martin Scorsese about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, Basically, he said, those movies are not cinema, and then everybody had a fit about it. Now, we here at the Magnificent Huge podcast uh, know where our audience is, and one of our most listened to episodes this year was about Avengers Endgame. And so we want to see those hashtags and those clickbait. And, hey, Marvel, Marvel, Avengers, Avengers, come on, listen to our show, listen to our show. In fact, uh, you can listen to old episodes of our show if you go to our website. Uh, that's maghuge.com, M-A-G-H-U-G-E.com. And you can find the, that uh, in-game episode. Uh, you can find links there to our Twitter feed. We are at MagHuge. Uh, you can find a link to our Facebook page where we're the Magnificently Huge podcast. You can find our Instagram there. You can find a link to email us at magnificentlyhuge at gmail.com. You can find all that on the webpage. But uh, like I said, clickbait. We're trying to get listens. We're trying to grow the show. So if you can rate the podcast on your podcast app of choice, give us five stars. Way, you don't have to write anything, just, just click the stars. And share it on your social feeds, we'd sure appreciate it. Alright, uh, without further ado, let's just get into the show. Welcome everybody to the show, my name is Brian. Over there we got... I am Eric. Uh, and over there we got... This is
1: Chris, hi. Yay! Is, yeah, we're magnificent. We did our introductions, yeah. we remembered. We did. How's everybody doing this yeah. week? Uh, alright. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Just uh, watching the got nothing. The, yeah. the clusterfuck of the continuing Trump debacle. Uh, it's pretty much been dominating yeah. things. That anybody can yeah. watch
2: this and think it's going great is hilarious. Yeah,
1: because it's not good. It's freaking
2: god. Wow. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. I didn't want to so open we're recording that. this about four weeks in. No, I was that was going to be one of my excuses for not having a lot of stuff in yeah. our upcoming segment because uh, yeah, it's about four weeks into the impeachment inquiry into President Trump, and I can't believe how frequently the White House is self owning on this one. Yeah. What it's the fuck? It's
1: pretty spectacular. It feels like their str- strategy for defending anything related to impeachment is just to do something as dumb to distract from the impeachment that just compounds things into the
2: impeachment. It's like, I don't understand. Well, that's been going on for a yeah, long but, time, But though.
1: this time like, people are starting to sit up and take notice, which is what's interesting. It's like suddenly there's a reason to go, oh, hey, that guy's kind of a fuck up. Oh, shit. So it's an interesting couple of weeks here. Just saying,
0: you know how they say yeah. it's not the crime, it's the cover up. Their strategy has been okay. There's no cover up. Hey, everybody, <laughs> we did crimes.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. and it's okay. Yeah, it's, there's no there's no cover up. Uh, well, maybe cover up. We do the best cover up. That's basically where we are now. You know,
2: <laughs> as much as you want to criticize them for it, though, uh, uh, the Iran Contra affair did not, you know, get Reagan kicked out of office. No, it, it was all. It was all fine yeah. by the end. yeah. So it's not a bad strategy.
0: Well, and that's what's so upsetting is I don't think this will get him kicked out of office. In fact, I think what Trump has done is he's demonstrated just how a competent authoritarian could pretty much run the show around here. Yeah. So yep. we have that to look forward to.
3: Yay.
1: So yeah. I think the, the prime thing here is just uh, everybody go out and vote. Uh, don't sit this one out because uh, the future of our
2: country depends on it. Dun yes. dun dun. So there's our down. And when Ryerson's saying that, that's something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, <laughs> usually he just wants to
0: talk about, you know, fun, frothy stuff we've been watching or reading or doing in the week in a segment we call the fresh shit. Oh,
1: snap. This
2: shit is fresh. Oh, shit. Is fresh. This stuff is
3: rare. fresh.
1: fresh. Uh, so, first off, apologies to Eric for not being able to postponed so that he would have something fresh yeah fresh I, to i'm gonna about. see
2: i think double tap uh the zombie land 2 film tonight and um yeah you, i'm you, sure it'll be great you can talk uh, about that next week maybe right yeah okay. I'm, I'm 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 speaking of it rather than yeah. uh about it which is so, uh, yeah. uh the uh, only fresh shit oh go ahead yeah so that's just a
1: portion of the fresh shit typically is what we will be doing potentially? No,
2: it, stop it! <laughs> <laughs> what did you see, Gary? What do you got? Finished up Gotham. Oh, got uh, ham. Okay. It, yeah, got ham. It, 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 the that final season is really about the only season they needed. Uh, How it, many seasons this has is it? Been a show full of filler. Five? Is it five? Six? I crapped out eight, after
1: five. season two, so I have not been keeping up with it.
2: Yeah, it's it's like. Yeah, oh, it's basically most of the... Batman teases the series, right? Yeah, basically, yes. Baby yeah. Batman, and where all of the uh, uh, villains come from, and it's like it, it, it gets interesting in the last season, really.
1: So, let me ask you this: Did they? Because when I quit watching, uh, they were still working out sort of the origin of the Penguin. Did they keep yeah. up with that, or did they totally abandon that to go on to other stuff?
2: No, that's right up to the final episode okay. they have uh the 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 penguin fully evolved, uh okay. the Riddler, Catwoman, really? Joker. Um so they and, did bring back the And the Joker. very last shot is uh Batman in the suit.
1: Okay. But they did bring back the Joker cuz they had teased like that weird Series of episodes Jerome where, yeah, it was guy. like a proto Joker that they said, yeah. "Nope, sorry, that's not the Joker." <laughs>
2: they did a lot of weird stuff with the Joker. I I'm not really sure why. I guess to keep you guessing, or I, maybe I guess. because they acknowledged that Joker's backstory is really swampy. But uh, yeah, they they kept it swampy. Okay, um, okay, and and they 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 kind of pulled out every single Joker origin moment from every medium <laughs> possible. why not? Yeah, it, it was, I'm like, wait a minute, they're doing the Jack Nicholson Joker here? Yeah. Wait a minute, they're doing the Heath what? Ledger Joker here? It's like, there's just Joker, 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 Joker. Yeah, but that's... So there's like several people who are almost the Joker? Is that how it went down? No, 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 the, all, all happening to the same guy. The same yeah. guy gets dumped in the vat of Ace Chemicals, and okay. the same guy ends up, uh, you know like with the fucked up face basically saying, you know how I got these scars? You know. <laughs> I'm just, uh,
1: I'm always
0: upset. That, that, is it that Jerome guy? Is that who yeah. turns into the Joker?
2: Uh, there was Jerome and his twin brother. Oh Who turns God. into the, yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: I was always mad that because it's the same guy that produces like Arrow and all that shit for the CW, that whole universe over there. It? Yeah. It's whatever his name is. Uh, I don't know why they didn't cross-pollinate, but somehow they kept them separate. Go figure. But if you watch the the CW Universe stuff, it's all less Tim Burton-y, so
2: maybe that was just a stylistic choice. I don't know. I always thought of uh, the creator as just the guy who made Rome, and I kept thinking, boy, I I hope this gets more Rome. And (laughs) as a series, it was wicked violent. It's crazy how violent this show was. For um, you know, for, for 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 network TV,
1: yeah, it's you know whatever. But so
0: Bruno Heller,
2: what, Bruno What's Heller is final the analysis. Eric, like
0: I haven't watched any of Gotham. Should I even bother? Like jump in in the last season? Should I even watch this thing at all?
2: Uh, <laughs> tough to call. Yeah, I I, I really tough to call. No. I think I stuck it out because my wife dug it. And my wife hates comic book stuff. And so so I was like, okay, I'm a one for the ride.
1: Well, I'll I'll tell you, Brian, uh, I enjoyed the first season. I thought it was actually kind of strong and very well done. Uh, But by second season, you could tell that they really sort of exhausted their plan for whatever story arc they were going beyond just, hey, it's proto-Batman. And I kind of felt like they had lost their way a little bit, and I gave up. But the first season is very strong. I would say go to Netflix – Watch as much of that as you can and see if you enjoy it. Uh, and then
2: maybe just decide from there if you want to keep going. You know what, actually? Try watching the first season and if you like it or you're, you're not sure, watch the last season. You know, yeah. just just mm. get rid of the shit in the middle. It's like a season of any show where the it starts strong and it ends strong and the middle is a lot of filler. Yeah. That. Right, that. Y- y- yeah, you could pretty much go, oh, yeah, trust me, uh, uh, Dr. Doc- you know, Doctor uh, uh, Strange. And why is there two Doctor Stranges in, in, in comic book world? But, yeah, um, he has a reason. Oh, yeah, and that happened, you know, and that, that person. There's a whole thing. <laughs> don't worry. Yeah. I might have enjoyed it more if I'd have just gone into it like that. <laughs> so, yeah. So just
1: pick random episodes, maybe. I don't know. Yeah.
2: So that's okay. my, my fresh hit. Got All ham. All right, Chris, uh, what you got? I...
1: For some reason, just went down a rabbit hole of Hercule Poirot, the Agatha Christie detective from Belgium. Okay, because uh, I went back and watched. Like, were you reading it or are well, you watching? I I finally watched that that Branagh uh, murder on the Orient Express, okay. the new one, and mm-hmm. it looked really slick. It was kind of it was like a weird Wes Andersony feel almost. It was very ornate, uh, and I. I kind of enjoyed some of the characterization that Brana did because they brought out a lot more of the OCD tendencies of the detective, which was fun to watch. But the mystery itself, I was, I hadn't read the book since I was like, you know, 13 or whatever. Uh, But it just Mm -hmm. struck me as sort of off. And then that really made me kind of want to explore. So then I went back and watched the Sidney Lumet 1974 version where albert finney plays poirot and that's a much more faithful adaptation and then it made me realize how much they changed for the new one because they had to do a lot of social commentary they changed the sean connery character to the black guy who was the doctor and so then Mm -hmm. they had the pinkerton detective uh in the new one played by willem defoe uh, who was pretending to be like a Nazi sympathizer, racist, whatever. It was like all, all this weird social stuff that they just added for no apparent reason. And it was kind of off-putting. Uh, mm. So then I went back and started reading the book. So
0: Murder on the Woke Express. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: And so the book is, I'm enjoying, because I haven't read it since I was a kid. Uh, I won't spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen it, but uh, it's it was always one of my favorites because Christy made sort of a weird uh, sideways deal with the way that the typical parlor mystery was set up. Uh, so that's going
0: to be an interesting setup for knives out for you. Yeah. In a few weeks. Yeah.
1: So it'll be kind of fun to watch. And then just sort of to fill in the gaps. Then I went into Amazon and watched the recent ABC murders where Malkovich plays Poirot, but that one is a later version of Poirot, uh, where he's no longer, uh, a celebrated detective he's kind of on the wane and he's living in an england in the 30s where there's a lot of that xenophobia creeping in and he's a refugee hmm. and it's sort of that one's done uh again sort of a modernized adaptation still set in the 30s but they kind of make it more like seven something like agatha's christie's seven it's a weird dark okay. disturbed look uh, I would recommend it. Malkovich is very understated in the role. He's basically just a haunted version of Poirot. So it's kind of interesting to see as a contrast. He's no longer the cocky, like, celebrated detective. Uh, he's, he's very much got some sort of weird PTSD from uh, the First World War. And he's dealing with a lot of weird, like, personal issues, uh, aging, etc. It's a weird take. But it's also set up sort of like a reverse origin story. Like, if you took that, ABC Murders, you took that as the first ever Poirot, it would actually be pretty cool because it'd be the detective at the end of his career, and then you could kind of use that as the jumping-off point for other stories. I don't know. It was kind Mm. of goofy. But that one's really super dark because it's about a serial killer going through the alphabet, uh, somehow taunting Poirot
2: and then just Kierkeel Poirot is sort of the detective side of Batman without the jumping around and
1: yeah and, and, gizmos. And, and basically it's like any well specifically English actors it's sort of like you're not anybody till you play Poirot apparently because it's just so many actors have, have played him I guess Albert Finney Kenneth Branagh recently now Malkovich he's not English but still uh, and then uh, I can't remember who else like Evil Under the Sun who was that oh that was a. Uh, Oh, fuck, I've lost his name now because I'm old. Um, <laughs> but anyway, just a whole slew of actors have portrayed him in various different characterizations from sort of clownish to uh, sort of matter-of-fact to just downright serious. I mean, it's a weird sort of Rosetta Stone for the actor Uh but, you know, they're fun Agatha Christie mysteries. You don't really get anything beyond just the, here are the clues, this is the story, these are the suspects, here's the interviews, and then, like, the final reveal at the end. So, you know, it's good. If you like it. <laughs> so all right. That's all I've done, is just Agatha Christie and Hercule Row. It's really dumb. Uh, a long week of that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Carry on.
0: Okay. Um, I too have kind of a light week, I mean, uh, a lot of stuff I've been doing I've already talked about, you know, I finished that show Hyperdrive, uh, that was some really fun brain garbage. Nice. Um. You haven't done brain I've garbage
1: been... in a while, have you?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's the end of the, you know, it's fall. Yeah. There's less brain garbage. I gotcha. I, I watched a few more episodes of that show Undone, I've still got a couple more to go before I really want to say anything else about it. Okay. And deliberately waiting on Good Place Season 4 until there's more episodes queued up so I don't have to wait a yeah, week ditto. across all the, I was, you know, I was really binge-y show.
1: excited to jump in but then like you, yeah, I thought mm, maybe if I wait a little bit then I can actually watch them in sequence and yeah. do mini binges because they tend to, to me coming into their show late I felt like they were stronger if you could watch a couple back-to-back to to sort of reinforce the...
0: Yeah, because they really leave you with those cliffhangers on each episode. You're like, hey, hey, hey. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. (laughs) Um, Mostly I've been watching the news, and we talked about that because holy balls, the things that are going on. The Russians took over a base that was used by the U.S. military this week, everybody. Yeah. uh, I'm sure we got rid of all the equipment that had... Decryption in it, and we had a plan. Well, I mean, that wasn't just. They did an
2: airstrike on the base to like make make it unusable. I'm like, I we just moved the house. If I could have just done an airstrike instead of moving the stuff, <laughs> exactly. that would have been great. Yeah. I mean, that's how, that's how, like what a rush they were in to get out of yeah. there. Let's just blow it up. Fuck. Well, it's just, yeah. it's just,
1: uh, I don't know. It's just, let's, yeah. let's not listen to any foreign policy advisors. Let's just make uh, a unilateral decision because you're the president to pull out uh, uh, so that you can then let the Russians and the Turks come in and, perform genocide, and then send yeah. Pence over to go, hey, wait a minute, and then negotiate a quote-unquote ceasefire, which basically just gives everything to Putin and there, Erdogan. 50 you 50
0: know? nuclear weapons on a base in Turkey, and Turkey has technically been firing munitions yeah. toward American troops. That That's
1: going to go well. Yeah, so... You know, and then to cap it off, <sighs> let's uh, let's give the G7 summit to the Trump Doral <laughs> resort in Florida. There's, but, you know, there's nothing, nothing to see here. Yeah, nothing impeachable. Yeah, nothing,
0: nothing worth worrying about. Yeah. Everything's fine. Maybe he'll win again, and we get four more years of this. Hooray! Yeah,
1: there's no corruption. Um, I don't know what you're talking about corruption. What? Yeah. So I, I feel okay. Your pain.
0: So so yeah. So last night, in the face of all this, I went drinking. Uh, And I'm not normally a drinking person because I pretty much have reached the age where after about an hour, I go straight to the hangover. (laughs) What I'm learning is that the reason for that is I'm not drinking high enough quality alcohol. So last night, I went to a distillery, a local place that does their own distillery, grained glass, uh, called Adventurous Stills here in Arizona. And it's these guys that have made it their hobby uh they have built their own distillery and they you know so they make their own uh all of this rye whiskey bourbon vodka all that stuff we got a tour of the place and uh you know drank a couple drinks and uh they were very very smooth and i was very very drunk and mm. i recommend it if you can find a place that does that kind of thing uh that's a fun that's a fun night out it's kind of like going to a. Speakeasy. You're recommending
2: drinking. I am recommending <laughs> yeah. drinking. In fact,
0: I really wish that I had what I had done is I had gone there and had the drinks because I stayed drunk for quite a bit longer than I usually do, and, and that would have gotten me through had I been smart when i went to see gemini man
1: oh god damn it no
0: oh yes okay so i went and saw gemini man in high frame rate 3d 60 frames god, per god, second you're so weird <laughs> <laughs> yeah you, he <yeah>, you makes <laughs> fun of no. this
2: show people uh, oh okay oh boy um how was gemini that was man. uh
1: how was the young will smith was he good or was he just okay, like old so, will smith
0: First of all, spoilers for Gemini Man, and you shouldn't care. Don't go see Gemini Man. It sucks. It sucks so bad. Um, oh my god! All right, so there are actually three Will Smiths in this. Which, by the time they reveal the third one, if you weren't hoping for like 400 Will Smiths in the climax, then you weren't paying attention. And unfortunately, we don't get 400. We only get
1: three. So they didn't do like the the Matrix Reloaded, where it's like 100 Agent Smiths.
0: Not no, unfortunately, there okay. there were only 3. Okay. Here's the I was kind of right?
2: hoping I was kind of hoping for like, you know, his his fat mother Will Smith and his fat father Will <laughs> yeah, Smith. Yeah, you know, they
1: had gone Will there. Will Smith. Oh my god. So they, you wanted
2: they Seriously could have gone there. So
1: you wanted like a nutty professor action movie with Will <laughs> Didn't Smith. Didn't where this was going? Yeah, yeah that yeah, totally. Okay.
0: So, I mean, yeah, this is, what is this? This is, this is using this movie to finance, developing the tech so that people like Will Smith can, you know, keep acting well past their prime, I guess. But yeah, here's yeah. the thing. Will Smith in his prime, right, was all charisma. This movie <laughs> <laughs> has three Will Smiths and none of them have any charisma until, like, the last scene where he actually tries to crack jokes and stuff. Yeah. So, my my wife was and and he old Will Smith wears a hat says he's from Philadelphia and my my wife was like oh this is what would have happened if his aunt and uncle hadn't taken him he, he isn't the fresh prince of Budapest uh, Brad Air, he's the fresh prince of Budapest in this movie <laughs> uh, but um boy okay so high frame rate 3D um there are occasional times when it's really neat like shots that involve water. Or being underwater, or shots that involve explosions and particles and, and stuff like that happening, those are actually pretty neat in high frame rate 3D. However, everything else is like watching old Doctor Who episodes uh, in terms of like <laughs> nice. it's it's got that that really soap operay look to it. And this is shot by Ang Lee. Ang Lee knows how to make interesting movies well, you know, visually he's certainly. also well,
2: he also has not yeah. made one in 20 years. I think there's again there's a whole show in there about uh, directors who need to hang it up. Yeah. I
0: mean Life of Pi was visually spectacular. That was his last
2: movie. Yeah,
0: but, I think but Mars thing, Attacks
2: was a brilliant film, but like what's yeah, Tim Burton done for me lately?
0: That that you're not wrong. So <laughs> Like there are the occasional shots, like a helicopter shot where a flock of birds is flying in, you know, high frame rate 3D. But it was like watching old Doctor Who and occasionally switching the channel to those tv demos for the for the hdr or 4k tvs at best <laughs> nice. buy like if we just did that you like watch some doctor who you watch those you'd, you'd have a better time this, or a similar time than all, watching gemini man this
1: sounds to me like ang lee would have been better served by maybe just doing a bunch of really fucking expensive tiktok movies uh yeah pretty and, much and not trying to form any sort of narrative around those just go hey look this it's pretty neat <laughs> but not well, you know so
0: some of it and i was i was watching somebody who knows about these things uh give his analysis and his hypothesis is that the high frame rate means that you can't do real dramatic lighting and that everything is kind of washed out from your lighting perspective and i can see that right like most of this is actually shot outdoors with full sunlight Mm -hmm. because i guess the short um you know the short exposure means you only get so much light um but it almost seemed like this whole thing was shot on a t- small budget. Like they didn't have time to do enough setups or to really get the lighting right. Like it felt like it, and that's part of what makes it feel cheap. Everything just felt like small, tight shots and close-ups and cutting from close-up to close-up and not even doing necessarily two shots and boring lighting. And it just it it felt like it was shot on a television schedule. And I know this thing had a budget of 140 million. I could not tell you where that got spent. At all,
1: (laughs) (laughs) which is always a sign of quality, like all
0: in the DHing,
2: maybe. Maybe, I
0: mean, I guess I I don't know, but yeah, yeah, it it, the high frame rate makes wide shots, you know, big cinematic shots seem small because it Hmm. seems more, I don't know, more like your home movies, And, and so whatever you're doing with the lenses and stuff to make, uh. You know, to make something that maybe was small to begin with seem grand and interesting gets removed
1: well, I by mean, this high fidelity. Maybe it'll get better because, I mean, it's just sort of like when computer graphics were in their infancy and they could only do a few seconds at a time in a movie. Uh, <sighs> See, that's why I went and saw it is because I went, and, I had seen The Hobbit.
0: In forty-eight frames, yeah, and I was like, eh, eh. and then I was, I was like, okay, Ang Lee, maybe it'll get better. And I went and saw Jim and I nope, okay. nope, that's no, fair,
1: no, okay,
0: it sucks. Okay. The movie sucks. Everything about it sucks. The only other thing I want to say about it is, uh, at the end, when they kill evil Will Smith number three with like, um, I don't know, explosives. They're in this hardware store, basically, that's been all fucked up. And they've shot him with, like, these rockets, and and he dies in this ball of fire. And then, so so there's this corner of this hardware store that is on fire. And then the big bad walks in, and everybody's just standing around in the hardware store, maybe three, four feet from the open flames. And, first of all, this fire is putting out no smoke, so everything's nice and crisp and clear. But they're just standing there, and then they have this long dialogue scene for, like, five, ten minutes. And I'm like, hey, uh, fire! building's on fire. <laughs> right next to you. Yeah. Isn't that a little warm for you? No. No. They're just, uh, yeah. yeah. So Right
1: now, this building is on is fire. on fire. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: the primal element. Fire. <laughs> the opportunity <18th> element. <laughs>
1: Oldest of man's mysteries. Giver of warmth. Destroyer of forests. Right now, this building is on fire. What? Yes, the building is on fire. Leave the building. Enact the age-old
0: drama of self- Fire! So yeah,
1: that's that's my fresh shit. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> well
0: next week should be better, I hope. Oh boy. Yeah.
3: All
0: right. So topic this week. Um I I had a idea for a topic that just we didn't have enough time to prepare for. But there was a big kerfuffle this week and it involved something that we got a lot of clicks for uh our Marvel endgame uh, episode and, and, and this we're is tangentially related to it. Yeah. And we, yeah, we want more listens to the show. So maybe this will have suckered you into listening to this show. Yeah. Um, but Martin Scorsese kicked up a big kerfuffle by saying that the Marvel movies are not cinema and there've been reactions. And yeah, so here we are. We're going to talk about it and we're going to have our reactions too.
1: Yeah. Cause yeah. why not? So it's a show. Uh, so did you read the like the full dealio or have you just cut snippets of it? I went this? and watched
0: it. I watched the I watched it in context of okay. uh, Martin Scorsese talking about um his opinions and, and he's mostly talking about the communal experience of sitting in a theater yeah. and watching a complete story and making a connection with the characters as an audience. Yeah. And but I that's I'm... what he seems to be defining as cinema yeah.
1: but what i'm trying to figure out is why he somehow singled out the marvel movies uh as an example yeah. and when there's so much other stuff out there that you could also go well, that's a bunch of crap that doesn't mean it's not cinema though
0: yeah for example there was a movie called hugo a while back um which was kind of a 3d roller coaster ride for kids uh based on uh well it was about. Uh, somebody who loved the old movies of Charles Millier, and it was based on a book whose name I can't remember, and it was directed by Martin Scorsese, I believe. Yes, um, but I think I think it would not meet his definition of of cinema in that way. So I'm not sure I get where Scorsese is coming from, and I'm not sure if it, if it's more interesting to talk about what we think about what is and isn't cinema.
1: Well, are, are do we have the actual quote from any sort of uh, interview, or do we need to read it?
0: Um, some. Well, we're going to play it here, but I think we also need to read it because I don't have it handy.
3: What streaming means and how that's going to define a new form of cinema, I'm not sure. I thought for a while maybe long-form TV is cinema. It's not. It simply isn't you know, it's it's a different viewing experience. You could look at three episodes, two, four, ten, you know, one, one week, uh, second episode, the second week, that's not, it, it, it's a different kind of thing, so there's got to be still, what has to be protected, is the singular experience of experiencing a picture, ideally with an audience, you know. Um, but there's room for so many others now, and so many other ways, and there's gonna be crossovers, mm-hmm. completely. Um, the value, how do you do say the value of a film that's like a uh, theme park film, for example, uh, the Marvel-type pictures, where, where the theaters become amusement parks, that's a different experience. And it's like, it's not even, it's a, I was saying earlier, it's not cinema, it's something else. You know, whether you go for that or not, but it is something else, and they shouldn't be, we shouldn't be invaded by it. Um, and so that, that's a big issue. That's a big issue. Uh, and we need the theater owners to step up for that. You see, to allow theaters to show films that are narrative films. Because the thing
1: that got me is where... He, he said they were roller coasters. Yeah,
3: they're yeah, basically amusement parks.
1: Uh, and I like how he sort of hedges, because he's like, it's all fun and good uh, for those who enjoy that type of film. And then he sort of congratulates them for all that goes into making them, and that he admires what they do. But then he says, it's not my kind of thing. And then... Basically says that he doesn't want these types of in- movies invading everything and
2: then it's like you start you sound like a cranky old man yelling at clouds when that ton of stuff rolls through yeah it's the same thing though as in you know the '70s and '80s when the blockbuster first happened yeah. and suddenly all of film was about that it's like no one is allowed to I guess have an original story you, you 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 have to ask well where's the shark where's the lasers? where's Indiana going to swing through this yeah All and right. it's I- the same thing it's like the actual i th- I think the issue anyway is the art of cinema is sort of at odds with the 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 business of cinema again, and right now the business is winning because Marvel pulls in so much money. And then everyone says, okay, how do we do another Marvel? And Scorsese's like, "Uh, I don't do Marvels. Yeah, yeah, so
0: here's the actual quote. Scorsese says, I don't see them. I tried, you know, but that's not cinema. Honestly, the closest I can think of them, as well-made as they are, with actors doing the best they can in the circumstances, is theme parks. It isn't the cinema of human beings trying to convey emotional, psychological experiences to another human being.
1: Yeah, which uh, I don't think that's accurate. I mean, it's, it's okay to gripe about large movies like this, but it's sort of, I don't know, he's mincing. It's sort of like, who is he to discern what is cinema at that stage? You know what I mean? I think that's, what's getting everybody all riled up. It's like, why did he
2: all of a sudden become like the end all be all definer? You know what I mean? I don't think he's wrong though, because it's. It's not like these movies are trying very hard to teach you something new. It's no, but they look great. Yeah. You know, I, I think they, yeah, they are what they are. But they're they're not great works of cinema. I don't think no. anybody would come out of Endgame going, you know, that yeah, is the but, best film. That but, ever. being said,
0: it had an emotional and psychological you know, stories that were being communicated to the audience, at least by the time of Endgame. If Scorsese says this about Iron Man 2, yeah, sure. But at this point, you know, the Captain America arc, there was definitely, you know, an emotional story being told there. Well, I
1: mean, if he's going to make his gripe about the commodification of cinema, then yeah, he's got a valid argument to make. Uh, But at the same time, it's like, why would he go after specifically marvel. It's like if you if you look at his career, he's basically got a whole canon of work that's highbrow lowbrow, you know? It's like who is well, he?
0: Okay. So in context, I think I can give because the context of this is a talk about The Irishman. Yeah. And The Irishman, he was basically saying the, the, the market for cinema has changed to the point where movies like The Irishman can't get made and they can only get made for streaming services like Netflix. And it's just a, you know, a favor that Netflix is doing to him that is being shown in cinemas, but that these big Marvel, you know, tent poles have crowded out the ability for him yeah. to make a movie like this and get it into theaters. I think that Which was again, the actual point he was trying to make.
2: Yeah. Which has been going on for 30 years. I mean, it's been an ongoing problem. Yeah. I mean... Sure.
1: I mean, we can think back to the day, and this is just, you know, uh, hypothetical of sorts because we weren't born, but back when television sort of came in and was just starting to take over, and then all the studios flipped out and then kind of to compete, created all these giant Technicolor Cinemascope thingies uh just for the sake of having a different experience i mean i get that but that shouldn't necessarily negate the good stuff that's happening on television that's sort of the feeling i get when he's griping about this sort of stuff it's like he's just saying that it's just unilaterally bad that all these marvel movies exist whereas he's
0: saying he's saying that and he, he did say this again in the context um What's being lost is the communal experience of seeing these things in a theater with a bunch of people, right? So people are watching it at home and that that's just, you know, the whole nature of the thing is changing. And so I think he's bemoaning that lost shared experience.
1: I guess, but I got to be honest with you. I love movies, but I never enjoyed the communal, quote unquote, experience in a theater, I get you don't irritated like the dumbass behind you talking all <laughs> no. the fucking movie and, like, I, and they I can't have, understand something unless they say it out of their own fucking yeah. mouth. And I've been that huh. guy. I mean, admittedly I've been drunk, <laughs> but yeah, I just I don't like it, you know? It's just stand and shut up. It's the same reason I don't really care for the Alamo Draft House, which for those of you out there who don't have one in your town, it's basically a theater where you can order food via a server and then they bring it to you, et cetera, And theoretically yeah, it's nice. Not the only chain doing that yeah. Now. And theoretically, it's nice, but I can't do them because by the third act, when the climax of the movie's happening, they're like bugging you to pay your bill. It's like, just leave me the fuck alone. I don't like that communal (laughs) experience, you know? Here's here's
0: what's particularly weird about the Alamo is they have the no talking, no texting, we'll throw you out policy, right? Yeah. So the idea is don't distract people. We're very serious about movies, except that every table has a fucking light on it. Yeah, it's like lighting up the whole room. <laughs> exactly, and so, then there's yeah, there's people constantly coming in and out and serving food, and and you're right, you're like oh, I guess the movie's going to end in twenty minutes because now here's the check. Yeah, pay, yeah. Your,
1: pay your bill and get the fuck out. Yeah, I don't like it. So that I mean, that's sort of a static argument uh, on his part, and again, it's there's some validity to it, but I mean, even look, you look back like a couple years ago. I mean, James Cameron was bemoaning the same sort of thing. And it, and I don't know why his comments didn't raise the hackles so much, but I think it's just because everybody's like, yeah, whatever, James Cameron, Avatar Seven, on your slate. I mean, nobody. Well, I'm. You know I mean, what I wasn't
0: mean? Wasn't there a Roger Ebert thing about how like superhero movies are shit or whatever that everybody was freaking out about? I mean, I think yeah. I think the reason there's so much of a kerfuffle here is that you know a thing that people really like that is very popular, has been attacked, and now everybody feels like they have to defend their fandom or their preferences or their whatever.
1: Yeah. Well, did you read some of the defenses that had come out, like different filmmakers? Yeah, so Uh, James
0: Gunn. James Gunn had a good tweet. He says... Uh, I was outraged when people picketed The Last Temptation of Christ without having seen the film. Yeah, exactly. I'm sad that he's now yeah. judging my films in the same way. That said, yeah. I will always love Scorsese, be grateful for his contributions to cinema, and can't wait to see The Irishman.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Which, again, uses the de-aging technology that Marvel sort of perfected for their movies, so there's a weird irony at play That's here, That's true. So it's just very odd to me. Uh, um,
0: Samuel L. Jackson... His re- his response was funny because Samuel L. Jackson's response was clearly like, "I am not going to say anything negative about Scorsese because I'd really like the work."
2: Uh, <laughs> really, yeah, one yeah. day, one day. But, but I mean, he, he's the he's the guy who uh, he's the driver who got shot in uh, Goodfellas. Oh, damn, that's a deep cut, Eric. Yeah. Nicely played. Yeah, that's like that, That's like early work for uh, Sam.
1: Yeah. Well, I liked it that Jackson basically said you know what amounts to a Lebowski sort of argument is like yeah that's just his opinion man I mean it's li- li- literally what it was uh, and yeah, he's well, got every yeah, right so the Sam
0: Jackson quote he says I mean that's like saying Bugs Bunny ain't funny films are films everybody doesn't like his stuff either we happen to but everybody doesn't there's a lot of Italian Americans that don't think he should be making films about them like that everyone's got an opinion so I mean it's okay ain't gonna stop nobody from going to make movies
2: yeah so <laughs> so Have we just, established what cinema is? Well, that's the thing. It's it's not eye, just it,
1: movies. Yeah, I mean, it's an eye of the beholder kind of a deal. Uh, that's what's so infuriating about the whole thing. Because it's, you yeah. know, he's like laying down that it's, it's a very specific this when other people are going, well, that's not my this. This is my this. You know what I mean? It's just a weird right. uh, deal. so
0: We've kind of got the Scorsese definition of cinema, which is this shared communal experience where emotional um, communication occurs through the language of cinema. Um, but I, I'm interested in, Eric, especially you, because you went to school for this stuff. You know, <laughs> What would your definition of cinema be?
2: Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Good you, one. Brought, you tried to pull it up. I threw you the, the layup. Nothing. I know, I know, that's the thing. Swing and a miss. It's like, I I, I guess I gotta, I know kind of what he's saying. I mean, it's like the the superhero movies are sort of like, I don't know, they're they're emotional desserts. They're like, we're going to put in the stuff you know to feel bad and good about so that we can show you, you know, Wolverine dancing around and chopping people up. But it's not like you're learning anything new and it's not like there's... it's like Paro is the the original Batman. It's yeah. all the same stories. It's just with new effects. yeah They're, i I think of cinema as sort of going somewhere you haven't seen before and going, "Oh, oh." Well, well, I had not thought of that that way. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, I think it's just you know, because the superhero genre is now the big dominant genre, whereas in years past it was the western or the gangster epic or whatever. So I think it's it's sort of an easy target, mm-hmm. uh, but I think Kevin Smith, when he uh, was asked about it, he had one of the better things to say, and I don't necessarily mm-hmm. like Kevin Smith's movies that much, but he has a right to make the movies that he makes, and I don't fault him for that, but he basically said that uh, even though Scorsese is a genius uh, – He's been pretty much saying the same thing about action movies since before Kevin Smith was making film. So it's sort yeah. of it seems like it almost feels like Scorsese is almost like punching low somehow uh, and well, going Kevin after Smith's this. Other
0: point was that like. Scorsese doesn't have childhood memories of these characters yeah. the way that Kevin Smith does and exactly. other people in that audience and so Kevin Smith is basically calling Scorsese old
1: <laughs> which um. he is I mean it's fair <laughs> I like this though He's, but Kevin Smith topped it by saying that for my money I think Scorsese made the biggest superhero movie ever which was The Last Temptation of Christ <laughs> like it doesn't Christ. get much <laughs> bigger than Jesus uh, so it's just funny that it's a perception thing it's like Scorsese right. didn't think he was making superhero movies but, you know, maybe he was.
0: So, if you guys will indulge me, I think I have a definition of cinema, but I'm going to come about to, to lo- the long way around. And I'm going to start with video games. Because I have a lot of exposure to the creation of video games, which also involves the creation of video game cutscenes, which are little movies, I guess. But there's a whole thing about how video games are not art, and cannot be art. and. Without answering that particular criticism, I would say that there is a shit ton of art that goes into making video games. There is all kinds of concept artistry and painting and lighting, and there is sculpting that goes into it, and there is an art to writing the code, and there is an art to animating these characters, and all of these things are also at play. In the modern blockbuster or at play in modern, uh, you know, Pixar films or whatever, which, let's face it, modern blockbusters are also largely CG cartoons. Um, (laughs) But but there is a hell of a lot of artistry that goes into the building of a giant corporate product like a Marvel film. And and I find a lot of value there to take it a step further than what makes it cinema, it's the manipulation of the audience via editing, via lighting, via sound design, via music and, and finding ways to combine those things and juxtapose those things to create an emotional response. And you you can see like editing one Oh one, stuff out there where, you know, depending on how you intercut things or how you intercut the sound, you do a J cut or a straight cut, that kind of thing. um, You get a different emotional reaction. Well, that's the language of cinema. And so if you're using these things and you're using these things effectively and you're you're driving your audience to have the reaction you want them to have. I don't see how that's not cinema and I don't see how the creation of it is isn't an art form.
2: Let me ask you something. A uh, progressive auto insurance commercial is that art? Um, commercial art?
0: I mean, okay. art goes into it for sure, right? Graphic well, that's designers sure put a lot of effort into some of that stuff.
2: Yeah, but the the commercial itself isn't art.
1: I mean, I I think it's just it, it's depending on how you view it. Because uh, then you look at we could get into a whole deal about like established directors well, that started in that realm in, in commercials and then went to like music I, videos and I then
0: became established then directors you know what I mean be. then it can be art is a specific commercial art eh maybe not um but people well, have it, have in the past it, used that medium to make artistic if, statements
2: if something is not good art does that mean it's not art it's still art perhaps okay so then 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 the if the progressive commercial is it can be art then art's just subjective and well art has is. always been subjective i mean that's that's pretty much its well, defining kind of characteristic yeah i mean
1: it's and that's why when scorsese says stuff like this and targets that whole specific genre it gets a little bit troublesome because it's like how do you define this thing that you're trying to define? Yeah, that's his definition, well,
2: like, but I don't particularly agree with it. Where I was kind of going was, okay, let's say the progressive commercial isn't art, but the uh the Moscow ballet does like a whole thing in the progressive ad for the ad. Then there's great art <laughs> in it in the form of dance, but there's not that's still not necessarily art yeah.
0: And, yeah. and, so, and so that's, it's that's like, an interesting like the point. elements
2: can be art but it's like the final th- film is a, a is a sort of collection of other art forms yeah. it's photography and well, acting yes. and dance well, and music and any one of them on their own can be art Well look, let's look at final it thing. this way like if you take say oh i don't
1: know looney tunes and what's opera doc Okay, a very well established classic Looney Tunes cartoon where Bugs Bunny is singing opera amidst all the goofy Looney Tunes stuff. Is mm-hmm. that more artistic than, say, like a Hanna-Barbera cheap knockoff, whatever, Saturday morning thing? Uh, I mean, where do you draw the line and say this one is just entertainment? This one is art. I mean, that's so. Sort of... They're
0: both art, but one is of a higher caliber. Right. So the squash and stretch animation techniques of Chuck Jones um, are far more refined, polished, uh, show more skill than the, you know, the factory and animation style of Hanna-Barbera. So it's
2: more it's more art if it's difficult to do. No, (laughs) it,
0: it may be it may be better art. Yeah. or or at least it has a higher chance of being uh, appreciated by the observer. Well, um, l- let's let's approach it from it better.
1: from this end. So when Star Wars came out, uh everybody made it a huge populist thing. It was just a ginormous deal, but there were plenty of people out there that just did not like it and they thought it was just, you know, uh Sci-fi trash. Is it a great film? I mean,
2: it's, it's clearly great technology, and it does uh, wonderful things with special effects. Well, first of all, you know, special effects are like the tail of the dog, which should not wag the whole animal. Um, when you have a film that's 90% special, man, that's a kindly estimate, uh, 90% special effects, uh, you might just as well be watching an um, animated cartoon because finally all that all those special effects begin to look totally unreal. Um, there is, there is, you're looking for something that looks like flesh and blood there. You have three lousy actors in the main roles who don't contribute much flesh and blood. You have ghastly dialogue, terrible plotting, miserable characterization, which also do not contribute flesh and blood. So what you're left with is something that Walt Disney could have done just as well with with a drawing board and pencils and colors.
1: These are the sorts of movies that Disney people should be making and the kinds of movies that Disney made uh, 20, 30 years Ago, I think all movies are special effects. Movies are not real; they're two-dimensional. A film goes through the camera, the projector throws the light on the screen, and that makes a special effect. It's a dream. It's an imagination. As to whether this film is good or not, it excited me. It made me laugh. It made me, it made me thrilled. And uh, that's what. That's what a movie like this is for. I also enjoy films by Ingmar Bergman and people like that. I share that taste with Mr. Simon. But I try, I think, in my own movie-going taste to be broad enough to also understand why a bunch of people might want to get together and see a Star Wars movie and enjoy it. Over time, it has become more than what it originally started as. It's now like a cultural thing that's a touchstone. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is it cinema? But is it cinema? I think it's just – and some of these things it may boil down to for these Marvel movies, maybe in the lens of 20 years or a generation from now, uh, they'll be looked at much differently than they are now. Now they're just – to me, they're populous entertainment, but they're still cinema – but I don't know if they're
0: I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb. If Martin Scorsese is saying we, that cinema is defined by having a shared communal experience in a theater or about, you about know, the emotional journey or whatever, then I would argue that based on Star Wars, the Marvel Cinematic Universe may be more cinema than a Scorsese film because I experienced the cultural zeitgeist more by going to an endgame the, or Star Wars than I do going to, uh, you know, the latest Scorsese film.
1: That's true. Because I'm communing
0: is, with more people.
1: Which is also sort of leads me into a weird sidebar where it's, uh, so take like Taxi Driver, one of Scorsese's big uh, touchstone films, uh, and you have that singular experience when you watch it on video, but it's like <laughs> what kind of experience was the communal uh, experience in the theaters in 1976 when that was out? I mean, do you think it was uh, more impactful in the theater, or do you think it had more impact as it had a life of its own on cable and home video? That's sort mm-hmm. of a weird tangent, too. I mean, what do you think about you that? You gotta
2: wonder if in the the in the 1500s, when they started building theaters, there were people going, no, nah, it's not the same unless it's in a pageant cart. You know, <laughs> you have to have a pageant cart that goes from town to town with the show. yeah. It's, well, correct me yeah. if
0: I'm wrong, but Shakespeare was considered lowbrow at the time. Yeah, exactly, right?
1: exactly. And I'm sure there was probably like some other, <laughs> some other famous playwright of the time going, "Yeah, it's all right, but it's not communal enough." And then Hamlet comes out, and there you go. I don't know. It's just a weird, a weird thing to kind of use and then at some level it's like you know he's not making a calculated marketing strategy to stir up controversy so that people will go see the irishman because he's martin scorsese i mean it's you know you're either in or you're out so it's i don't think he did it with any sort of ulterior motive other than just to espouse his opinion uh but it gets into where do you define like eric was saying like what's high art what's low art What's not art? I mean,
0: I mean, he's just expressing his frustration. Hey, I'm fucking Martin Scorsese and I can't get a movie released in theaters and, and Shazam gets released wide? What the fuck? Yeah. People? I mean, that's pretty much where he's
1: at. I don't know. That's I, fair. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. But, but I mean, do you think he's like still sore that his only Oscar win came from a remake of a much better Hong Kong movie? I mean, it's sort of like there's a lot at play with his career because it's been well, such a long...
0: Well, now you're getting into long... the politics of the Academy Awards. Yeah. But that's a whole other thing. Uh, that so, certainly yeah. isn't about art or cinema.
2: Yeah. I don't think he's foolish enough to give a fuck about the Academy Awards. Those are Doubt those it. are meaningless. Yeah. Um, But it's they just... They expanded the best film uh uh category to include 10 so that they could nominate Avatar. I mean... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who cares? Is Avatar art?
0: It, Is Avatar no, it's a big film. pile of
2: shit. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Is it even film? Exactly. It isn't. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, taste change, technology changes. I mean, it's it's a weird bag. I think he's in that weird uh, crux now where he sort of came off of the studio system and then hit it big on that whole 70s auteur or whatever, uh, and it was a totally different system and then i think he's sort of seeing that shift again and maybe that's sort of him going well i don't like how it's shifting i don't know it's just a weird thing
2: it's like i'm not sure what spurred these particular comments at this particular time it's just baffling to me I think it's probably every interviewer asking him so you're gonna make a marvel movie so like oh. you get that twenty times, and you're Martin Scorsese. Your reaction is probably "Go fuck yourself." Yeah. No, I'm not making a Marvel movie. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But uh, you know, it's just. Though mm. so I, in preparation for this show, I was thinking how awesome it would have been for Fellini to do a Doctor Strange movie. <laughs> I mean, it would yeah. be that wild, dreamlike kind of flourish and. Nino Rota would do that uh, circus music under it, and yeah. he'd have women walking around in like enormous-titted sort of bustier things, saying yeah. things like "Marcello, come stai? Well, imagine and, uh, if, uh, say, like Kurosawa did Thor: Dark World. Uh, how fucked
1: ooh, up that would that be! That would have been awesome, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> wouldn't
0: it? Right? That would have been
2: awesome. Like,
1: like, like, take the whole uh, Ron thing. And this transpose it over to a Thor story
2: that would have been fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah. So even I mean, if he was just even if he was just doing the the battle sequences, it's like you'd go from the Thor you know to one where it's a single shot, no cutting, no music, and everything happening in frame. <laughs> oh, that would have been
0: <laughs> great.
1: Yeah.
2: So I mean, there's thing
1: you know you can make suggestions till the cows come home. Uh, if
0: Edgar Wright had directed Ant Man. Would yeah. that have been considered cinema?
1: I think that could have I mean, been potentially one of the greatest in the MCU. Honestly, I
0: mean Edgar Wright certainly understands the language of cinema.
1: Yeah, and uh, uh-huh. and he even uses very Scorsese like flourishes in his uh, work. So that could have been an interesting uh, thing to, to behold. Because uh, I tell you, I did re- this week. Just when we decided to do the show, I went back and watched After Hours which was uh, from 85 that Scorsese okay. did, which is like, that. that's definitely one that goes under the radar when you look at his career. But it's basically sure. Griffin Dunn, uh, New Yorker, who ends up chasing a, a woman he met in a cafe through Soho, like meets up with her, and then the whole night just turns into this weird, uh, excruciating uh like trap where he can't get out of Soho he just wants to go home at some point and he can't and then it just starts unraveling on him and he keeps wherever he tries to go he gets stuck um uh, which to me is i think the the ultimate love letter to New York that Scorsese could have ever done because it's basically it's like you're trapped here there's nothing you can do and it's a very underrated movie uh and it seems like taking that as his cinema Versus like Goodfellas or whatever that gets much more lauded, uh, it just seems weird to me because they're they're not that far apart. Uh, so I'm not quite sure where he draws the line and says this is entertainment, this is cinema. I mean, it's just a weird, a weird bag.
2: Yeah, but he also he does he's Martin Scorsese. He gets to have like his off period, right? I mean, he wasn't always brilliant. He was also that. Uh, that cokehead who couldn't get work for several years. And yeah. I think that was around, that's when that came out. That was when he was still trying to get back into the good graces of the people who make movies. Yeah, yeah, it's fair. That's fair.
1: But then there's stuff like I, Gangs of New York, which is, I I, li- I can't sit through that movie. I just can't. So, and that seems to me sort of his idea of what cinema should be. Like very, very big scope, epic. Uh, and it just, that one, it's just false That was the
2: movie he wanted to uh, get made after I think Taxi Driver. Really, that was like he he had he had put out like promotional posters. You know, the Gangs of New York coming nineteen seventy blah blah. He's been trying to make that forever. Yeah. So that, that I don't think that was a one off, and I love that movie. You don't you don't I just really? I, okay. I just doesn't it doesn't hook me. Uh, it looks gorgeous, but it, there's just so much else there that I don't like i don't know mm. and uh, that's that's his tribute to fellini cuz he shot the whole thing in chinachita yeah and so i you know i guess that's what it really boils down to it's you know
1: i appreciate what they do but i don't like what they do that's sort of the the black and white version of what he said uh so it's it's just a weird a weird
2: statement <laughs> from one of the elder statesmen yeah. of film you know Anyway. Funny, I found a quote of Ethan Hawke doing the same thing, and it's even funnier because who gives a shit about what Ethan Hawke thinks? Nobody. Uh, nobody. I mean, just a pretentious <laughs> who <has> asshole <sighs> who's barely an actor. And yeah, he, he he was like, yeah, some some friend told me to go see Logan because it was a great film. And I'm like, this isn't a great film. It's a great superhero movie, but yeah. it's not Bergman. There's it's, not Bresson. There's it's like, crux. yeah, start start listing off all the, yeah, yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. Well, you look at so that I, too. what we
0: need to do now, is, and, and I'm surprised the internet hasn't delivered this, is could somebody re-edit a Marvel film like in the style of a Fellini film or whatever <laughs> and just, yeah. you know, just, just to make the point of how, how annoying that would be. <laughs>
1: yeah, like which I'll one get would right you right p-? on it. Yeah, which one would you pick though? I mean, that's the problem. Oh, uh, I'd do
2: Doctor Strange and I'd uh, use the, 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 the form of uh, Juliet of the Spirits. Okay. Which was his first color. So what so like what are alternatives here
1: to uh to help uh, Scorsese with this? So we want to do uh Kurosawa's Thor the Dark
2: World. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we want to do Bergman's Doctor Strange. Uh No, 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 Fellini, Fellini's, Fellini's Doctor, Doctor Strange. Strange. Okay. I think I think Berkman needs to do uh, uh, Batman v. Superman. Or is it all v- Marvel? Are we doing
1: only Marvel? Well, I mean, it's all sort of part and parcel. It's superhero yeah. in general, you know. Deadpool. Oh,
2: okay. Berkman's Deadpool. <laughs> that would be, like, take out all the jokes and just just just, just for the, the look of Deadpool's face saying nothing. Yeah. That's, that's very that Seven
1: And I tell you, I would really like you to see-
2: recut-
0: captain america um with a ray liotta voiceover you know, ever since i was a kid i wanted to be a soldier you
1: know? <laughs> exactly <laughs> or i can one up you i would love to see howard hawk's version of captain america like how how fucked up would <laughs> oh, that be That works be?
2: yeah that really works go oh, god damn it he could have done that yeah so don't you forget know. the the uh internet meme that is not real uh, 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 uh the the meme article of how Orson Welles tried to get the first Batman movie made. <laughs> Did you ever read that? No, that, that it's would be hilarious. It's hilarious. It's like somebody somebody wrote this thing as uncovered film and footage and like like preparation materials that proves that Orson Welles tried to make a Batman film mm-hmm. with uh Gregory Peck as Batman and uh well, he, he goes through all of the casting choices, Marlena Dietrich as Catwoman, and it's like, yeah, I can kind <laughs> uh, of see it.
1: That would be amazing.
2: And, yeah. yeah, But it's bullshit. And, and you know, lest anyone think that's real.
1: Okay. Well, if uh, Martin Scorsese ever gets wind of any of these, perhaps he would change his tune for uh, Marvel Cinema, at least. I don't know. That's what yeah. I want
0: to know is what Scorsese, what, what, what superhero character could Martin Scorsese make a film about? And I assume we have to have De Niro in it somehow.
2: Yeah. At, oh, at his The Punisher. The Punisher. Oh, Nero is go. the Punisher?
1: Yeah. Okay. Interesting. And and
2: and, and cuz it's New York, it's uh gangs. Mm. It's Some of day a real rain will come and wash
0: these streets. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. yeah, you talking oh to God. me? Yeah, taxi driver.
2: Taxi driver is a comic book movie. Oh shit. Okay, think about that for a second. Yeah. It's a comic book hero who Yeah. Yeah, you know, the commentary is it's not good to do comic book hero saving, but I'm pretty sure that, you know, the Jodie Foster character is, you know, saved.
1: Yeah. Taxi Driver Homecoming. That's the the new one. (laughs) There you go. Uh, So, uh, well, I think we can all say that we do appreciate the work of Martin Scorsese. Uh, It's sort of odd that Yeah, that he would single out Marvel, even though there is a point to be made for that sort of uh, super commercial filmmaking. So I get where he's coming from. I just don't think he uh, was eloquent enough in his
2: statement. Yeah. And I agree. I don't think Marvel movies are great. I think they're, you know, they're, 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 they're trash. They they they're things to like, you know, waste time <laughs> with having fun, well, you know. Not it's, all yeah, trash. I also watched Hyperdrive, yeah. right?
0: And I enjoyed the shit out of it. But I mean, it's brain here, garbage.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. I think for me it's I think his argument would be better if he said that uh say the
2: Fast and the Furious movies were trash and not I art. think it's all the same. That's, that's, the, now, now that's just saying, I, I wish he had my opinion of
3: Fast and Furious. <laughs> yeah,
2: you caught me. But you it's caught the me. same thing. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I, uh, whether, whatever his definition of cinema is, that's what he really needs to explain. Yeah. Well, I yeah. think it's just. I don't get, I, I, you know what, if, and if he's saying, it's, if he had said, I don't get the whole Netflix thing, I miss going to a movie theater, then I'd be like, yeah, okay, I, I know what you mean, but. Yeah. Yeah, these, these Marvel movies aren't any better or worse than the rest of the trash they make these days.
1: Well, I mean, but it goes back to the earlier point that you made where it's, you know, it's in the 70s when the blockbuster starting with Jaws, et cetera, sort of became the de facto uh, way to do films. And that mm. has sort of over the decades sort of infiltrated to where now anything that they do is going to be a tent pole because that's basically the only way that they can do it now because they cost so much Mm -hmm. money to make. uh, And then, like, say, like John Carter from Mars, or just John Carter, whatever they fucking called it, uh, makes a bejesus amount of money, but it's considered a failure because it didn't triple its, like, ridiculous budget to begin with. So, you know, it's just... The the mechanics of the market are very odd nowadays, uh, and I think he's got a valid point to make regarding that, but uh, just flat-out saying that they're not cinema is i think an incorrect way to approach it you
3: should
1: opinion. end the show with
2: what he actually said if that's possible I'm, like the I'm, video audio yeah i read yeah. it
0: earlier but yeah it's it was basically uh i think again in context it was about um the the he can't get his movie into theaters and people are taking it out of context and having a cow Yeah, and if you want to take what we said out of context and have a cow about it, and tell us how uh, the progressive commercials aren't really art, yeah, or how uh, we're being
1: so hyper, hyper hypocritical because we do the same fucking thing every other show (laughs) about other stuff. (laughs) Um,
0: Yeah, you could reach out to us Um, first. First, before you reach out to us, all we ask is that you share the podcast on your social feeds and, and say you know how much you hate us, and then click five stars on your ratings on your podcast app. Uh, But then go to our website, maghuge.com, M-A-G-H-U-G-E.com, because there you can find other episodes to complain about and share and tell other people how much we suck. Um, But then you can also find links to our Twitter feed. We are at maghuge, and you can tweet at us and and tell me I'm full of shit, that there is no art in progressive commercials. Or uh, you can find our Instagram, or find our Facebook. We're the Magnificently Huge Podcast on Facebook. Or uh, email us, uh, magnificentlyhuge at gmail.com, and tell me how your email is in fact cinema. Okay, Uh, join us next (laughs) week for another rambling discussion with a bunch of old farts.